Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. Good morning, church. So one of my first jobs as a teenager was working at a French-style restaurant that specialized in crepes. Crepes. So if you've never had crepes before, I highly, highly recommend it. They're delicious. They're amazing. So you've got to go try it. Now, if you don't even know what a crepe is, think of a cross between a pancake and a soft tortilla. Put those two things together, and you get a crepe. And so what we do is we take this crepe, and we fill it with all sorts of good stuff. So you get some savory crepes, you get some sweet crepes, you get all of it. Now, I actually worked on the the cafe side of of the food service, uh, but because crepes were our specialty, uh, I needed to learn how to make them so that in busy times, I could jump in and help out if I was needed. Now, crepe making, if you've ever witnessed it, is an absolute art to behold. It's it's a spectacle to behold to watch these these professional chefs gracefully spinning these paper-thin, golden-brown crepes with a special tool uh, on these specifically designed flat-top grills. It's absolutely amazing to watch them. Now, on the other hand, watching me make crepes was not beautiful. Not beautiful at all. <laughs> See, I, I, I was terrible at it, and I, I didn't know what it was, but for some reason, everyone else could, could pick it up relatively quickly, but I had so much trouble trying to make a crepe. I couldn't, for the life of me, make a half-decent crepe, and it was extremely frustrating. So I would make a few, and all of them would have holes, so unusable for food service. I would make another few, and all of them would come out looking like this, all sorts of random shapes that aren't usable for the food service. And finally, I would make another, and, and just when I think I've finally gotten it right, it looks beautiful, I flip it over, and it's burnt. It's burnt because I've kept it on the grill too long trying to get the right shape. And so it was frustrating. No matter, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And in fact, it's quite scandalous how much crepe batter I wasted trying to learn. So one day I said, you know what, I'm just going to go ask one of the chefs to teach me. Right? So I went up to one of the chefs, someone I was close with, and I asked him, hey, bro, can you teach me how to do this? Because I can't figure it out, man. And now this guy, he, he, he was one of our best. He could put together crepes in his sleep. In fact, at the busiest times, he could spin two crepes at once. One with his left hand, one with his right hand. So this was the right guy to ask. And so I asked him, and he taught me. And, and as he watched me attempt to make a crepe, he would feed me with all his, his tips and secrets. So he would say things like, you know, this is how I would do it. Or, or it works really well when I do it this way. And, and at one point, he even, he even put his hand on my hand. Not going to lie, it was a little bit weird. But, but he actually guided my hand to get the right movement, to get the right technique, to get the right feel. And after just a few attempts of my buddy showing me how to do it, voila, I made my first half-decent crepe. And, uh, you know, I'm embarrassed to say how proud, of, how proud I was of myself. But when I did it his way, just like that, it worked. After hundreds of failed attempts trying to do it on my own and being left in utter frustration. Now, that's, that's a silly example. And as you can tell, I like talking about food. But isn't it true that we've all experienced this dynamic at some point in our lives? Perhaps even now, this, this dynamic of frustration? Where, where we're frustrated not knowing how to do something. That no matter how hard we try, we just can't figure out how to do something right or well. So 
Maybe it's a task at work that you just keep messing up. Maybe it's, it's a relationship that, that you're tr- you've been trying to work on for so long and you're just not seeing any fruit. Or maybe it's certain expectations that you have uh, from others or from yourself and you're, you're frustrated that you just keep failing to live up to them. You just keep falling short. Now often, we experience this frustration even and especially in our spiritual lives. Right? Be- being Christians has high demands. We're called to live a certain way. And I, I don't know about you, but, but I for sure am often frustrated because I fail to live up to the commands and instructions of Jesus. Even when I have every desire to do it, I still fall short and it's frustrating. And I suspect I'm not the only one who experiences this. And one of the highest demands of, of the Christian life, what we hear in today's gospel, is, to, is our call as Christians to love radically. To love in a perfect way. And we know this. But how often do we fail? Frustrated that we, that we don't love as we should. Now, thankfully, God doesn't leave us in this utter frustration. Right? He, he provides us the way out. He gives us the answer to the dilemma. In this gospel that we just heard, Jesus is teaching us the secret. Right? Just like I had to go to the master chef to learn how to make crepes, we need to go to Jesus, the master of love, to learn how to love. So what's going on in today's gospel? So there's a group of Jewish scholars. Right? They come together, and then they approach Jesus to test him. So one of them, a lawyer, goes to Jesus, Yo, Jesus, what's the number one greatest commandment? And he says, to love, your, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I imagine that as soon as Jesus gives this answer, every single person in that room would have been nodding in agreement. Yes, that's the correct answer. Why? Because every single person would have known this already. Because Jesus was quoting a prayer called the Great Shema, the most important prayer in Judaism that every single Jew prayed every single day. And it comes from the book of Deuteronomy, and it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And, and this spells out the highest obligation of every person, to love the Lord with one's entire being and in doing so to experience the fullness of his love. And so this is what Jesus is quoting when he gives this answer to the lawyer and to the elders. Now just imagine that scene, right? They, they approach Jesus, they ask a test question, Jesus gives the correct answer, the lawyer and, and the Jewish scholars, they're, they're satisfied with the answer, and they're just about ready to walk away, thinking the conversation is over, and then Jesus stops them in their tracks. He's not finished answering their question. And he continues to speak. Unprompted, and without anyone asking him, Jesus continues and he says, the second greatest commandment is related to this. It flows from this. It's like this. He says, it's love your neighbor as yourself. As if to convey that, that the first commandment isn't the whole picture. It's not simply about loving God completely. Yes, that's the highest commandment, but there's more expected of every person. Now this, this would have shocked the Jewish scholars that were present there because in saying this, Jesus would have been calling them out intentionally, calling them out for their neglect of love of their neighbor. In fact, for, for their persecution and their burdening of their neighbor 
under the excuse of religious authority. And to justify why he says what he says, to drive the point home, Jesus says that these two love commandments together sum up everything. The whole law and the prophets, everything in the Bible, all of God's teachings, every aspect of the life of faith right here. These sum up the game plan for how we're called to live life. And yet, unlike that first commandment where where everybody would have been agreeing with Jesus, with the second commandment, the audience would have been taken aback to hear Jesus put this much emphasis on the call to love one's neighbor. Because essentially, this is what Jesus is saying. The life of faith would be empty if you do not love your neighbor as radically as loving yourself. That's a bold claim. That's a bold claim for his audience. That's a bold claim for us today. A seemingly impossible command. Every single person in that audience, every single person in this church, including myself, would be guilty of failing to fulfill this command. And yet Jesus says, it's the second greatest commandment upon which everything in our life depends. So then how do we do it? If it's so hard to do, how do we actually fulfill this commandment to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, the secret is right there in Jesus' words when he says that these two greatest commandments are similar, are related, when he, when he links these two commandments as one package, as one flowing into the other, both equally vital and necessary. Because you see, it's actually in fulfilling the first commandment that we can then live out the second The dynamic is this. When we love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and in turn experience the fullness of his love for us, then we can truly love our neighbor in a more perfect way because we love others with God's heart. In other words, the only way you can love your neighbor as radically as you are called to is if you take on the heart of God and love as he loves It's the only way. Every other way is going to fall short. Think of it like this. Our ability to love with our mere human hearts is like a flashlight that is running on batteries that are just about to die. So it's barely giving off any light. And in a completely pitch black room, that flashlight might be minimally useful. But in most spaces, that flashlight is useless. You might as well turn it off and and not be using it, right? It's not able to do what it was designed to do. So what do you do? You take out those dead batteries, you put in a set of brand new batteries, you turn on the flashlight, and it gives off light in the fullness of its power. And it lights up the whole space. This is what it's like to take on the heart of God and to love as He loves. We're able to do something that we couldn't do on our own power. We're no longer loving with our own power, but we're loving with the power of God. And every time we love God and receive his love in return, it's like we're getting a recharge on our batteries to continue loving radically. Because we know by experience, our own hearts are are too small. They're too weak to love in this extraordinary way. Instead of radical love, we often find our hearts filled with with judgment and resentment and unforgiveness, indifference, selfishness, jealousy. The list goes on. 
With our merely human hearts, we can't fulfill this, this great commandment to live, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we, we can only do it if we take on the heart of God. Now, I want to let you in on a little secret about me. I've come to discover that I'm not very good at this loving your neighbor as yourself thing. Just ask these guys. They have to live with me. They'll tell you, they'll tell you all about it. But, but over the last little while, I, God has been revealing to me just how poorly I love the people around me, how imperfect my love is for others. And often I find myself, situation after situation, feeling frustrated and helpless when, when I want to love better, but I just can't seem to do it. And in these situations, in, in desperate frustration with my, uh, my human weakness, I would find myself calling out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, help me to love with your heart. And I would say it so often because I would fail so often at loving others. And, and it, bec- it became a regular prayer, a daily prayer, a, a moment-to-moment, situation-to-situation prayer. When I'd be in a difficult situation uh, or in a difficult conversation and, and I sense resentment growing in my heart, I would pause and I would say, Jesus, help me to love this person with your heart. When I'm out and about walking and, and walking by people and I become aware of my indifference to the people around me, especially to, to those in need like our homeless brothers and sisters, I pause and I say, Jesus, help me to love with your heart. And so often when when I find myself with people that I do in fact love, but I'm so aware of how imperfectly I love them, I pause and I say, Jesus, help me to love with your heart. Help me to love my family with your heart. Help me to love my brothers with your heart. Help me to love my parishioners with your heart. And it's this powerful prayer that that has helped me love in a better way. And so for the person here today who struggles with with such strong judgments and resentments towards another, pray this. For the person who, who constantly struggles with impure thoughts towards another, pray this. For the person here who, who just can't forgive someone who has hurt you so badly, pray this. And for the husband or the wife, the mother or the father who feels like they're falling short of loving their family as they deserve to be loved, pray this. And for every person who struggles to love as radically as Jesus calls us to, pray this. Because to love with the heart of Jesus is to love in a more perfect way that we could never do on our own. Just as he loves me and just as he loves every single person around me. I'm going to invite us to close our eyes right now. And we're going to take time right now to pray this together. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to take a few moments to think of a person or a group of people that you struggle to love for whatever reason. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you who that is. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, won't you reveal to me a person, a group of people that I need to love better?
Come, Holy Spirit, reveal them to me. And when a face or a name comes to mind, start praying this prayer. Jesus, help me to love with your heart. And repeat it a few times in silence or even under your breath. Jesus, help me to love with your heart. And let Jesus give you his heart to love this person radically. Jesus, help me to love with your heart. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.